granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Just your mouth do. Rate and review this podcast, or my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. We are in the squeaky chair office. You hear this? <laughs> squeaky chairs. It's a haunted house. We're in a haunted house. This is real. This is like real squeaky. Yeah. This is like borderline, like, let's stop and fix this. But uh, I don't even care about nothing. Uh, welcome to Grown Dad Business. Uh, today, finally, I have one of my good friends in comedy. One of my best friends in comedy. Uh, this guy... I remember seeing him for the first time at the Pittsburgh Improv and uh, thinking like, oh, shoot, like this guy knows what he's doing. You are like you are like you are like a like an uncle of comedy in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I would believe so, man. I, 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 I mean, I've been in the game for 15. This is my 15th year. Oh, my God. 15th year, man. This is uh, this is my friend T-Robe, a.k.a. Tony Roberson. AKA T Rope. Yeah, all black people got nicknames. It's so funny. <laughs> Is that that's crazy. It's so, it's so funny that uh, that's how you know how long you've been in the game. Yeah. Because yeah. now, like, black comics don't have nicknames much anymore. No, they just give it their real name. Yeah. Their straight up real name. It's like yeah. Hannibal Burris. Right. <laughs> you know, like, if, yeah. if, if Hannibal started like 20 years ago, he'd be H Bus. Right, exactly. Or something like that. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, there's a funny story Big that burst. goes with. There's a funny story that goes with why my name's T Rope. Okay. Uh, Here's the deal. When I first started doing comedy, uh, you know how long it takes you to get your first road gig. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, now, you've excelled extremely fast in the time that you've been. What, what's it, about eight years for you now? No, nine years? Almost about seven. Oh, seven. Seven, seven years. And you've excelled extremely fast. I've been on the now, road for five. For five? I went on the road after a year and a half. Okay, so I went on the road. My first road gig was two years in, and it yeah. was in Miami. It's the old Miami Improv, which was in Coconut Grove. Yeah. It was upstairs. They put us in the Mayfair Hotels where I stayed. Mayfair. I love yeah, the it was, Mayfair. It was so unbelievable. I stay there. Yeah. yeah I it's love a it. beautiful hotel. I love the Mayfair. Yeah, they got those bricks inside, all those trees. That's, and whatnot. that's it's, it's the hotel where my wife got mad at me because I was there the first time, and I took pictures of the room. Dude, uh-huh. I had a jacuzzi on a glass oh, oh. On, a, on a glass balcony looking yes. at the ocean. Yes. Now, wait, what do you hear this story? And I took pictures of and sent them to my wife. She goes, don't you send me no pictures. No more pictures. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I'm here by myself. Right, exactly. I, I ain't doing nothing here. It's like a big vacation, though. I, yeah. People understand, that. that's perks of the job. You know what I mean? Like, you're traveling. But, it is, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I can't enjoy, I'm by myself. Exactly. I'm here watching History Channel on Netflix. Exactly. Like, yeah, what do you do as a road comic? You know yeah, what I mean? Just sitting there. I'm married yeah. with kids. <laughs> Man, I, so I go... I go to this Miami. Now, I'm mind you, they hired me to be a, a, a feature. Yeah. Now they had their local guy who was the MC. Right. I was making 125 a show. Sure. Tony Roberts was yeah. the was the headliner. But now this is my first road gig, and, I, and as, a, as a comic, any comic knows this. As soon as you get your first booking on the road, they pay for my flight, they pay for my hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I feel like oh, I'm, it's amazing. I'm, I'm making progress in my career. You know, you really so, did start a long time uh, ago. They don't yeah. pay for flights no more. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> man. I literally, I literally uh, get to the hotel. And this, is, let me tell you what I said to him. I walked into the hotel. I said. Hi, I'm Tony Roberson. I'm a comedian. I'm here to perform at the uh, Miami Improv. The lady looked at me and says, we've been waiting for you. 
We have your room already taken care of. The whole bit. I already know where this is going. This is the so whole bit. Ahead. I give them my luggage, everything. I'm, and I literally walk in Mayfair. It's a beautiful hotel. Yeah. Get, in, get on the elevator. I go upstairs. It's a suite. Yeah. You're like, I, I walk into the you're, suite. You're like, comedy is the I, best. I, I, I'm like, this is what my life is supposed to be like. I call my mom. The whole bit. Like, it was, I had a bidet. I had, I've never seen a bidet in real life. This and, and you know, this time is my first time seeing a bidet. You're filling up a cup. I, I, I mean, I'm just, ice. I'm excited, man. So I, uh, amazing. I literally, so I'm like, okay, we got the show tonight. So, you know, I, I, I relaxed. I took a nap the whole bit. Went out, got something to eat. Come back. Remember going to the comedy club, and I got to the comedy club super early. Right. Uh, the show was like at 8. I got there like 6.45. Of course. See, I'm, I'm very excited. I walk up. I'm like, hey, I'm Tony Roberson. I'm a comedian. Oh, we've been waiting for you. Same thing again. Since being back, there was two green rooms, one for the headliner, one for the opener. Yeah. And, you know, they had separate green rooms. She goes, yeah, just go back. First door on the left is yours. I walk in, sandwich ring, shrimp ring. There was like uh, like some type of vodka, tequila, yeah. like all, just all laid out for me, you know? I walk in, I'm sitting down. I'm like, I can't believe this is how they're treating me. This is crazy. <laughs> this is what road comedy is about. I I'm cannot e- imagine. I- I'm excited. Well, show's about to start, and uh, it's about 10 minutes to 8, and then uh, Tony Roberts walks in the door. And he's like, man, I hate this. I hate this place. I hate this comedy club. I hate. It. They got twin beds. They got twin beds where I'm staying at. The whole bit. Like he's really, really, really upset about it. And uh, he walks in, and uh, he looked down. I introduced myself. I was like, hey, man, I'm Tony Roberson. <laughs> you know. And then we're sitting there, and he's talking about how bad his hotel was. He got to the comedy club and goes, listen, I'm Tony <laughs> Roberts. They were like, yeah, you're already here. He's like, how am I here when I'm right here in front of you? Long story short. Case of mistaken identity, Tony Roberts, Tony Roberson, and literally, like, I had his room, his suite. I, I already ate the shrimp, <laughs> already had some of the sandwich ring, and then I was like, ah, and I, I realized what happened. Were you sick? I, well, I didn't even say anything right away, because I, like, I knew what happened, but I didn't want, I didn't know if he was going to get mad. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, so we figured it out, and he started laughing about it. And I told him, I said, you're not getting your suite, because I used the toilet already, so <laughs> you forget that, you know, so that's why, from then from then on, now I played football, uh, University of Pittsburgh, and then uh, that was a, it was a name from high school yeah. to college, T-Robe is what my, my uh, teammates call Sure. Him. And that's when I decided to go with T-Robe. Yeah, because... Because the Tony Roberts thing, he was already big, and, you know, and Tony Roberson, I just, I was like, you know, I want my own identity. So I went with T-Robe, and funny enough, people that are illiterate never can get it. Like, Charlie Murphy calls me T-Rob. I hate right. it. It's the, I'm like, when do you... Rob, it has an E at the end of it. How do you not get... It's T-Robe. I don't... I'm, people call me T-Rob, and I, that really kills me, but... That's so It's funny. T-Robe, and that's why I went with it, man. I've never that's, had that problem. I've that, never headlined for Darren Ryber. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what'd right. you say? Dar- Darren Ryber. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Clyber? Oh, Darren? Darren? Yeah. I'm like, huh? <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, it's a true that's, story, For man. your first road weekend, for that to happen? Yeah. yeah. I cannot imagine. But I thought that's what comic life was supposed like, to be about. being excited? Yeah. But then, like, I would have I puked. Yeah. I, I would have been so... I, I was sick, and I, I couldn't oh even God. tell. I couldn't... Well, because, first of all, I knew it was going to upset him. Yeah. Because he was already irate when he come in a room, you know? And oh, I'm like, yeah. What do you do, you know? I, I enjoyed all the benefits of being him without being... Mind you, I'm making $125 a show. Being yeah. a road like a feature, you know. Wow, <laughs> I didn't. So from then on, T. Robe it was, and uh, that's just that's where my uh, that's a hilarious took me, comedy man. story. Yeah, I need to, I need to tell that on stage. I don't. I've never heard that story. Yeah, man, that's it. That's maybe because I, I know you. I never was like, hey, how'd you get your I, name? Yeah, how'd you get started? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we've known each other forever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, 
<laughs> well, I, I I definitely want to have you on because uh, your dad. Oh and, yeah, and yeah. I know I know you and I are you know we're both from Pittsburgh. We both you know we're only some of the only comics that have headline weekends here and uh, at the improv. Yeah. yeah, and I know watching you and I know we watch each other and I always see your stuff and I'm like, oh my god, it's so funny. Oh man, like, li- when you say stuff about your kids, I'm like, I wish I would have thought of that. Man, li- li- I'm gonna tell you something. There's no, there's nothing better than. Uh, when I'm around my house with my wife, my wife's a big fan of yours. So when we're around a house, like we we always recite <laughs> something you said. Like we we always talk about you know Bobby Brown and uh, that like old I, joke. I that old joke. You I mean, bring like, up that old uh, that cha cha slide joke about the oh, weddings. Oh yes, yes. Pure, Eating pure, lady pure. locks. <laughs> Eating lady locks covered in bo- uh, covered in powdered Powder sugar. sugar. I look like Bobby Brown. Last from 1989 or yesterday. Or yesterday. I don't know, I don't know his life. life. <laughs> We always say that, man, around my house. That's just like the typical household joke That's in my so home. Silly. And, uh, that and then, then the bread farm, the burp, burp, you know, the drill, drill. <laughs> Why you gotta bring up jokes from five years ago, dude? Man, it's hilarious, man. This is it's one of those things that is like a running joke in our house. That and throwing throwing a box of knives down the alleyway in Homestead. Oh yeah, that's a haunted house. <laughs> the haunted house. <laughs> we always talk about it that's in my hilarious. house, man. So, well, I tell my wife she's strained up all the time. <laughs> she gives me looks. Like, you strained up. Today. Strained up. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> that's funny. too funny, man. That's but how I, you know, man. I I love. You have a unique perspective being a dad because you have jokes about how you have you have a son in college now. Yeah, this kid's nineteen. He's like a little grown man. And then you have a three year old. A three year old little girl. She just turned three last Monday. And uh, I love I love how you talk about that because it's just like you, oh, you think man. you have a grown man. Yeah, and then you have another baby. Yeah, that, man. I'm gonna tell you. I, I, I tell people this all the time, man. Child support was ridiculous. I had to pay one off to have another one. That's, that's all it was. So, that's it's that's the truth. Such a simple joke. Yeah, it's, and a it's simple. So funny. And it crushes me. I love it, it's but it's the so truth. Funny. And, and you know what? The funniest thing is, I never. It was such a hard, uh, hard time with with his mother because sure. I, I was young. I was 21 sure. when I had him. Sure. And uh, the funny thing about that is, you know, I, she kind of like tainted me. Sure. I was like, I'm never having another kid. Never have. And then right. I met my beautiful wife, man. My wife, uh, you know, she's a professor at IUP, and she just said to me, you know, listen, we should have a family. She's amazing. And she, one thing about it, I know that, and God forbid, and this is what I always base my my future off of, is if I had another kid, mm-hmm. it would have had to have been with someone who I know wasn't going to like try and be hurtful, or spiteful For towards sure. me. Yeah. She doesn't have that in her. No, yeah. Not that you know, I'm saying we're going to break up or anything. No, I'm no, just no. saying like. I just know it wouldn't be the same situation right, right, as right. I had the first time around. So she convinced me, and uh, I mean, we, we, were, we I, were even kicking around having another one for a little bit. But I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. I don't want to be like 75 at a PTA meeting that's so <laughs> with funny. a 21 year old. You know, what I mean? midget football. <laughs> exactly. Like, You're let's like, go, son. Old man. Like, Come on, boy. Come on there, boy. <laughs> I got a knee, knee replacement. I need and everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things, man. So I, I think I'm cool with uh, where I'm at right now. Three-year-old and... Uh, you have another kid, you're going to be coaching football, oh be the old God. black man no one understands. That, right, exactly. Mad. But you know what? I'm happy that I had a girl. Screaming. I'm happy I had a little girl because, oh. you know, little I, boys... Well, I, well, I've known you through this whole time. Yeah. And I know, and I think I remember telling you, it's going to turn you to mush. Yeah, and it has. Oh. It settled me down. Yeah. And, and plus, little girls, man, that's what you want to have as, as, a, as, a, as a father. You want to have a little girl at some point because, uh, you know... Little girls are going to be the ones to take care of you when you get old. They'll yeah. be the they'll be the one fighting with their husband, yeah. trying to get you to live with them. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Like yours, my son, he's going to be like 
smoking weed and drinking and like I ain't dad I'm sorry you gotta get dropped off at this home man you can't live with me and my wife but your yeah, but your daughter thing. will fight her husband tooth and nail to let you move in with him that's a good point and and that's what, so when I had her I was like you I know don't what know, I kind of I kind of <laughs> I don't know my son I think my son I think he would be like we're gonna be best friends when I'm an old man yeah you, th- you think he's gonna, think so. yeah, he's gonna have yeah. your back see yeah. I, I, the way that I look at that though now is because like my father-in-law my father-in-law is at my house more than I care for him oh, to I be love there. That guy. Yeah, he's a funny dude. He's the sweetest guy. But I do gotta take him in doses. You know what I mean? Like my wife fights for him to be there yeah. daily. Like, I mean, she's like, he has house shoes at my house, like under the bed. <laughs> and that pisses me off. Like he, he has, has house slippers. Yeah, he has slippers and like a pair of pajamas. That, now I didn't even know about this until one day I never ever we got hardwood floors. Never ever clean them. One day I said, let me do something nice. I started cleaning the house, you know? Yeah. Cleaning the house. I looked, I'm like, I see another man's pajamas and, and, and house shoes. I'm like, hey, hey, Missy, what is this? You know? And she, <laughs> and she got this look in her face, and I'm like, what? It's your dad's. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, your dad has clothes at my house? That's funny. Like, like literally, like, pisses me off. I never knew. You got a toothbrush. Yeah, there. man. He's just like, he, he nested. Completely, that's, completely that's what, nested. That's like, my, my father-in-law, I love the guy with all my heart. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful. But I feel like every time, like, I'm over his house or he's at my house, he's always got a project. Yeah. He's always got it. And we're talking about like living together. Well, you know, like living yeah. with my in laws. Yeah. And he, I can't imagine. He's him. a handy guy though, huh? Oh, or, yeah. yeah. completely. Oh, handy. I yeah. feel like the way my son wakes me up in the morning because he wants to play Xbox, uh-huh. I feel like my father in law wake me up at 6 a.m. like, come on, we got to go dig this hole for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we got to go do the French drains all of a He's sudden. He's waking you up to do he work. He always has projects. Yeah. Even like, I think now I have more kids, but it used to be like, even before I had kids, mm-hmm. I mean, I did landscape construction. Yeah. Right, right, so, right, right. He knew, like, he's like, oh, you're not working on Saturday and Sunday? Well, you should be. You should be. <laughs> like, it's almost like, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to f- fix this wall over here. Why don't you come up? When are you coming over? Oh, and I'm like, man. And I'm, it's like 7 a.m. So I'm you, like, you might, you might want to tread lightly with that like, one, man. Mean, when am I coming over? <laughs> I'm still sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have project after project. Watch, we'll go to, I'll go to your house, man. And you'll have, That's like, why I'll build a brand new house. East, east no wing, projects. left wing. Right, because you don't need anything. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> brand new. Nothing, ain't nothing to do here. He'll find something. Yes, he will. <laughs> he's like, we're putting a 40-acre garden in. We're going to take a pull out back yes no joke it's like we need to expand the deck yeah right he'll he'll come up with all kinds of stuff that's hilarious man it's the best well that's cool that's cool for you man i seen your uh, kitchen project going good too man oh my god yeah if you guys don't follow this man on uh, facebook he's posted uh daily this this is grown man business yeah really man putting in the floors i see you got the spacers and everything in the tile it's so funny because i started doing that and you were like you were like so uh you want to do a kitchen right i'm like no No, this is a labor of love. Right, right. I tell you what, I know you've done stuff at your house. Oh, yeah, man. When you do something, like every time I walk in that kitchen now, Mm. I look at it and I'm like, I did everything. My hand touched everything in this room. Right, right, right. Like I put But that's something to be proud of too, though, man. crazy. And to look at it and be like, you know what? I did that. I rearranged that. I I did that. Like like my my brother helps me out. You know, he's amazing. Yeah. You know, because he's younger than me. So I'm, you know. He's beasting out stuff, you know, ripping things out with me. And But when we cut out the floor, uh-huh. I mean, like, see the basement. Right. We cut out the floor, put an all-new floor in. I laid every piece of tile down, right. mortar, all this. I got done with that, and I just, I like, I was like, I felt like I just want to leave and go get in a bar fight. Yeah. Like, I just felt like a man. <laughs> so beastly. I felt right? like I yeah. want to beat someone's ass. Hey, man. hey look, man, like, that's I'm walking huge. around like, hey, how, you, <laughs> how you doing? What's what up? I do to my floor? <laughs> 
Go look at my floor and then talk to me. That's grown man business. I know. That's it's... grown man business right there, man. Like, you know, I tell you, man, there's nothing uh, to be more proud of than something that you, like a home project that you put your mind to. It's crazy. And you made it happen yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't hire someone to come and in. And I get mad. I get mad when people don't appreciate stuff like that. Oh. Like, well, I'll have. I'll those have... are people normally with no responsibility. Boom. No responsibility. I always say, no, too. Yeah, you like, can't appreciate like, that. If... Like, my brother, we over helping, right? And he'll, like, He'll like walk in, get something on the towel floor, you know. And yeah. now we're working still. Right, right, right. But right. the towel floor is done. Right. It's all sealed. Exactly. But he'll track something in. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, why don't you wipe your shoes? Uh-huh. That's why I put that huge mat there, you know. And he's like, oh, we're going to get this place dirty. I'm like, see, you don't get it. <laughs> I paid money for every single one of these tiles. Right. I laid every single one down with my bare hands. Right. And when you pay for something, when you pay for a home, mm-hmm. you know, you see those young people, like, yeah. listen, we're like old men, but yeah. I don't care. It's it's funny because you're like, you don't understand. Like when, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, no, I just uh, I just got this flat screen TV. My, my my mom got it for me Black Friday or whatever. I'm like, I paid cash for mine. Right. I paid cash. Not financed. Exactly. Like when you, when you do stuff like that, you yeah. you feel like a grown-up. Man, look, listen, I'll I tell you, you, I remember it was a long time ago, man. I couldn't remember. Uh, I can remember uh, saying to myself, I see how my how my dad and my mom was. Yeah. And, and I could never see me being them in the right. future. Now that I look at it, I am them. It's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like that that's part of being an adult and growing up, man, and making those those decisions. I remember I remember my mom hitting me hard about working hard and appreciating everything. Yeah. And then, you know, I did I did work hard. I mean, I was cutting grass and shoveling snow at ten years old. Yeah. Making money. Yeah. Making it happen. Because my mom never gave me money. Well, your, your background is uh uh you you've done a lot of Different things from landscaping to everything. I was a youth pastor. Everything. Yeah. That, how about that? You were a youth <laughs> pastor. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, look. I you know I loved working with teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I grew up in a rough neighborhood, and mm-hmm. I was one of those kids, you know, with baggy dickies on, right, and acting a fool, right. And I met people in church. Yeah. You know, I don't ever get to talk about this. Like you're interviewing me because we're right. friends. Yeah, we're right. well, uh, That's something that I don't even think anyone would know unless no. they were, were your friend. I tell you know what I mean? Yeah. For the first three years, I didn't know that, and you mentioned yeah. it one day, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Well, what happened was like <laughs> I was still into filmmaking and stuff like that, and uh, for people that don't know this, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, but I started I started hanging out with with guys making videos. Yeah, and they went to youth group. And, that, and then that's how it And I started evolved. going hanging out with them. I met them through like making videos and stuff and, and drama. I started doing theater. I had a drama teacher that encouraged me to start like, he's like, you know, why don't you take that energy mm-hmm. and be an actor on stage? And so wow. I started putting that energy towards acting and video. And then on the other side of things, I started meeting new friends who were, you know, weren't like getting in trouble. Right. Weren't hopping fences. Right, you know what right, I mean? right, right. And so I was like that. That's when I got saved. Right. That's what happened. Right. That's what happened. And so when I went to college for film and acting at Point Park, I was just like, this is boring. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to go do something. I want to help teenagers. Just like and I that's was. That's how it evolved. So, yeah. How did you get in comedy? Comedy. Like, what happened? It's, it's always, but that's the thing that's always been there. It's, uh, it's he's always been a silly it's guy. It's always, yeah. I was class, I was clown. class clown. I was always making videos in high school. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, See, this is good. It's good to have somebody I know on. Yeah. So then I can talk about me sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting stuff, though. I mean, it's no, not, I, I mean, it's, I've it's always informational, done that. you know? Always. Yeah. I've always made videos. My friend Chris Prex and I, who does Pittsburgh Dad, and Kurt Wooten, who's Pittsburgh Dad, we mm. made a movie together back in like 2002. Oh, wow. That's how wow, long wow, I've wow. known those guys. Right, right, and, right. And, uh, so, you know, we've been friends that long, and, and it's just never stopped. So even when I was in school for, you know, ministry and counseling, I was still making movies. I was still making right. videos. I was still doing improv. 
you know, I was doing sketch comedy, and then uh, and I was doing that through with uh, kids camps too. Oh wow! So I was wow. doing basically every week, every weekend, all fall and all summer. I was doing Saturday Night Live for three, four hundred kids. Wow, that's what I was doing. That's huge. So that was that was. I tell people all the time that was my training. Right. I worked for the Pittsburgh Youth Network, and we did camps. Uh And my job was to make kids laugh so that people could mentor them and you know preach the gospel to them and things like that. You were like pretty much groomed for stand up. Yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing when people that's and that's that's what I always tell people. They're like, "You've been only doing this like six years," and I'm like, "But." I have been in for seven, not just just the camp thing. Mm-hmm. I was in front of three, four hundred kids every week for seven years. See, yeah, you're well, you're, six, you're, seven, you're eight, groomed. eight, about fourteen weeks a year. Right. I was in front of three, four hundred kids, and I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like urban kids, like right. like kid at risk youth. Right. So my job, I would I, I had friends at that point that were like we were a team, four mm-hmm. of us, five of us, a program team. We would write skits, yeah, and make these kids laugh. And I'm telling you what, well, I remember I might have said this to you early on, or I know I've said I've said this a lot. If you can make three, four hundred kids from the hood laugh, oh yeah, adults, you got yeah, you ain't nothing, yeah, yeah, you're nothing, yeah. So, b- so by the time I got on the stage with stand up, and well, then and then I did classes at Second City, and then I started doing a sketch. I did sketch and improv group a couple years before I started stand up, like in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I was doing all that. I made a couple independent films. So when I started stand up, it was just like uh, I'm not afraid of a hundred adults. Right, right. You, you like I said, you you excel I mean, dude, extremely like, fast, man. So you were already poised. It was the thing, and you know, when you start comedy, it's about confidence. Yeah, it's about like your experience on stage, finding your mm-hmm. voice. Dude, exactly. I, at that point, when I started stand up, I could go on stage in front of 400 teenagers. And know what I'm doing right away. Just be like, be silly. Like I was like the silly big brother all the time. That's huge, man. You know, that, that's huge. So that's why yeah. it wasn't a hard transition. That's you know that's I mean? good. That's like a big part of your success and the reason why you've excelled so fast. Like again, you were already poised for yeah. that. Yeah. So that's when huge. people say, "How long you been doing you doing comedy?" I'm like, "Well, that's a loaded question." Yeah. Uh, bef- I've been doing stand up can- six, but before that, I did it for twelve. So you got about and eighteen was, total. It was, and yeah, yeah, it was yeah. about it was about everything besides stand up. Right, I did acting, sketch, improv, right. all that stuff. Well, that's cool, man. That's cool. To answer your question. Th- there you go, uh, Aaron. Oh, Aaron Kleiber, T- guys. T-Row yeah. Bi- business. <laughs> yeah, man. That's pretty cool, man. That, how to, to how did that. you get started? Uh, funny story. Um, there, there was uh, Bill Bellamy uh, back in the day was a guy that I always wanted to go and see. Yeah. Uh, and I was living in Philadelphia. I was a flight attendant. And, now, and this, this, I know th- this whole story. Yeah, this is interesting. Like you've done, you've lived and done comedy in a couple cities. Yeah, a couple cities. Yeah, L.A. Ahead. and and yeah. Philly. So I was a flight attendant for U.S. Airways. Bill Bellamy was uh, was coming I, I to love, a place I love called. That you were the, the, the you were the good looking black. Uh... <laughs> There's the, a, the black flight who just, attendant. Who just, did, who just did that joke? Uh, is a oh, just uh, the the guy that opened for Tracy Morgan. Was it Sherrod? A Sherrod, yeah, yeah Sherrod, he, yeah, yeah. He does that joke how there's three flight attendants? Yeah, yeah. There's like, yep. there's like the good-looking black dude, he might be gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> then it's the old lady who bought to retire. Exactly. And then it's the hot one. The hot one, yeah. You were the good-looking black dude. Yeah, who wasn't gay, but. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, so I, I was a flight attendant there, and uh, I remember Bill Bellamy was coming to town. And uh, I wanted to go see Bill Bellamy. At the last minute, Bellamy, Bellamy canceled, and Tommy Davidson was his replacement. Wow. So I uh, I go to this place called the Laugh House. Yep. It's on South Street. It's, it no longer exists. I performed yeah. there 
Right before they closed. Right before. Oh, really? Because it closed it's, about two years ago. About two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I go there and I'm I'm literally like watching watching Tommy Davidson and I was dating this this, this young lady at the time and uh, this is around like 2000 or something like that and um and I remember sitting in the audience I was sitting like front row and and right before that someone had told me you're a silly dude man you should become a comedian yeah. And you know, but you hear that, but you never act on it. Right. You know what I mean? So I remember watching Tommy Davidson and being like, uh, wow, can I do this? Yeah. And I was watching with that in mind. I wasn't trying to be uh, you know, disrespectful to him and not laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he looked at me and says, What the hell's going on with you? Why aren't you laughing at my shit, man? What's going on? I'm like, I was like, dude, ah man, I was like, I'm an aspiring comic. You know, I just, you know, basically just taking you know, it just, in. I'm taking it in. I'm watching yeah. you and seeing if I could do this. He goes, you're a comic. I was like, no, aspiring. Like, I've never done it before. He's like, get on stage. It's one of those things where I'm like, no, 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 no. And the crowd eggs you on. Yeah. I get on stage. And uh, this was back when your mama jokes were huge. Right, right, right. So uh, it was like, you know, he asked me because, you know, you know, one of your mama jokes. I, said, I know a few. I know a few. So we started going back and forth. He hits me with your mama. Right. Like your mama's so fat. She jumped in the air and got stuck. One yeah, like yeah. Typical corny lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he was kind of killing me. And yeah. I remember in my mind being like, I got to hit him with an uppercut. Yeah, of, of a of a of a your mama joke, right? And it came out of nowhere. It was, uh, and it's pretty pretty dirty, pretty dirty joke. I said, your mama, I said, okay. your mama's vagina is so dirty. <laughs> I said, if I put a Q tip in it, I'll pull it out and look like a sugar daddy. <laughs> the crowd, the crowd. When I tell you, the crowd lost that is it. So nasty. <laughs> it was so gross, but it, like, the crowd lost it. And then then he was staring at me, and I was like, yeah, earwax. <laughs> and I was like all over the Q-tip Like I just kept going Yeah And then he like He literally grabbed the mic off of me And was like Get the hell off my stage man You know Hilarious. what I mean like, Crowd went nuts And I remember that feeling Yeah That feeling of telling a joke And it crushing And it going over That yeah. was the moment Where I said I want to be a comedian Yeah Right then and there I got off stage The manager of the improv Comes up and goes I mean it was the Laugh Factory I'm sorry Laugh House Laugh House yeah Laugh House He comes up to me and goes Are you a comedian? I was like no He was like dude you're poised He's yeah. like, you should do it. Yeah. Now, that was in the spur of the moment. Right. I go back down and I do open mic. He gives me his yeah. card. I go back to open mic. Bomb. Yeah. I bomb. Now, this is who I am. If I bomb or if I do anything and I fell at it. Yeah. It's now my goal. And I'm so driven to getting it done that that's what I have to do. So I, I went home. I wrote, 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 wrote. Went back down. Did good. Got into a competition. Won the competition. Yeah. Then after that, I was hooked. I ended up, uh, 9-11 happened after that. Um, yeah. I took a voluntary leave of absence from uh, from being a flight attendant, and I come home. Mm-hmm. Right around then is when they were opening up the Pittsburgh Improv. Right. I walked in. I said, I'm a comedian. And uh, the manager at the time, his name is Jerome. Yep. He goes, can you perform tonight? I said, yep. Boom. That's That, that was T-Robe right there in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And then about somewhere in the middle of that, uh, I got married to my first wife. Moved to, I moved to L.A. for a little bit, man. I was in L.A. Uh, living out there doing comedy. It was pretty cool. And then, uh, again, like I said, come, I come back home. I always came back home to Pittsburgh, man. Right. And, uh, and this has always been, you know, And it's so crazy now that, like, uh, like you and I now are friends with Tommy Davidson. Yeah, fr- like friends. Like, like yeah. when he comes down, he wants us on the show. It's always yeah. us hanging out. Us, yep, exactly. And it's funny. I was just telling somebody last night. I don't. I don't get starstruck very often. No, 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 no. And um, one of the first times I ever got starstruck was with Tommy Davidson. Really? The first time I ever worked with him, we 
we went out after the show. Mm-hmm. We went out after the show, right? And I just remember at that time my car was wrecked. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving my wife's green Hyundai Elantra <laughs> with the kids' seats in the back. In the back. <laughs> and I'm and I, I, I've already worked with them two three shows. Right. You know we were probably on the weekend together. Right. And I'm sitting in my wife's little car with <laughs> car seats in the back. And he's a cool dude. Right. You know, we're right. like friends with him. It's right. Like he's exactly. totally normal. Very, very cool. Very down to earth. He don't care about getting in my wife's car with car seats. And nope. Don't you know? care. Like, let's just go. So I'm driving him. And this is already after two, three shows. Uh-huh. I've already hung out with him. Right. And I'm, he's in my wife's car. I'm driving him back to his hotel. And I'm just sitting there at a red light in my wife's little <laughs> car <laughs> with the car seats. And I look at him. I'm like. Tommy Davidson is my is in my car, right? <laughs> and it's just like hit you so hit you hard, right then and there, right? It's like this shit is bananas. Yeah, yeah, that's Tommy Davidson. Like, this man. is this is the dude when I was twelve, thirteen, watching Living Color. Living like, Color, I right? This. Right, and Living Color, man, that was laugh. one of those things, man. We, my whole family would watch it. That's man. that's that's what really pushed me to start being funny, right there. Then Living Color, because I found out. I could talk about this on this podcast because you're here. Uh, like I could find out. I found out because look, I came from being like. From from a tough childhood, mm-hmm. being in an all white neighborhood, mm-hmm. a wealthy family, mm-hmm. to us basically, you know, you notice about me surviving abuse, right? And my mom had to move somewhere that was cheap and she could afford, right? So we moved into the Proj, right, right. So I moved into a school district that was a rough school district, right. And so as soon as I got there, I was like, I, I'm not fighting these these kids are tough, right? I, I, told, right. I think I told you that story. <laughs> Like my first week of sixth grade, I tried being tough, uh-huh. and a sixth grader already had a nickname, Rumpy. <laughs> Rumpy. He knocked me out cold. I don't even remember hitting the ground. You're like, I don't like this. I'm no good. No joke. No joke. I was like, I'm not fighting them. No, I'm good. I'm not fighting black kids. They're tough. Rumpy. Black kids are tough. His nickname was Rumpy. He's in sixth grade. Is, is he still around or is he in jail somewhere now? You know, I don't think he's in jail. He, he was an all right dude. He's an all right dude. I, I mean, I knew him growing up through growing high school. Up. Okay. Um, but I just remember that. And then and then I found out that I was watching Living Color and Saturday Night Live. I could go to school and make my black friends laugh. Yeah. How about this? And that's how I got along. It's the funniest thing. Everybody that was on that cast went on to do bigger and better things. They're all like rich, famous. Huge. That, that was such a big show. So I could see how you can get starstruck by Tommy Davidson because it was, yeah. it was when you the show it. of, of, of its time. You know what I mean? Because, so, I yeah. mean, I would, I would go to school and do his characters, mm-hmm. and I would do all the characters, and my black friend would be like, yo, Clobber's crazy. Right, He's so right. silly. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's how you got in with That's him. what it was. And that's, that's, cool. that's how I got along in school. Yeah. You know, being yeah. like the awkward kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Make them laugh. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, a good, that's a funny thing that you say that because uh, the way I always looked at dating women was if you can make a woman laugh. Oh, sure. She'll, she'll be into you. Oh, and no we, know that, we know that with crowds, yeah, too. Yeah. We always say, like, if you make the ladies laugh... The yep. guys will laugh. The guys will laugh. Because they want to impress the ladies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one of those things, man. I uh, That's how I got started. But were you always funny, though? I was always silly. Oh, yeah. It's, you were a, always... it's a little bit different. I'm always like a silly. I was like a character, a prankster. I like, a, I like to play pranks and jokes. I was known as that guy. High school football, I was always a prankster. I was the guy like, you know, like some some kid would be in there showering and I would move all of us clothes to another locker, change oh, the yeah, lock. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just silly. Like, then just, yeah. just come on, sit and watch and be like, where's my clothes? You know? Right. Just, you know, things like that. It was just always, like, silly to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, uh, someone dared me to get on stage. I wouldn't do it, but I remember watching and being like, I think yeah. I can do it. One thing I've, I've, I've always been good at in my life is if I can see someone that's really good at something, do something. 
mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at imitating what I just saw. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. At, so, I'm good at faking it. Yeah, yeah. Fake it till you make it, man, yeah. and, and then till you find your own way. You know. Oh, when you're when so, you're like, uh, uh, hopefully none of my customers listen to me now. But uh, <laughs> but like when I was trying to make money when I first started comedy, I mean, uh-huh. I, I people from church, whatever, they were like, uh, could you uh, like uh, you know waterproof and paint my basement? Uh, yeah. I'll pay you. I was like, yeah. And oh, they're yeah. like, oh, you know how to do that? I'm like, yeah. I'll go look it up. Google it. Fact, figure it out. It YouTube like, it. Yep, yeah. I can do it. And yeah. like, I, I would do whatever. To make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what? Everyone, you have to have that. That's a, that's a creative mindset. There's there's people who would be afraid or fearful of that. People, Can you do this? And they'd be like, oh, no, they can't do it because they're afraid to even step out on the limb yeah. and, and give I'll it a shot. I'll figure it out. I, I'll make it happen. Yes. I'll make it happen, man. Whether no matter I gotta, what it is. I got to pay somebody yeah. else a part of what yeah. I'm getting paid. Yep. And something, anything to get it done, but I'm not going to say no. That's why we get along. A lot of my good friends is because we are we are not like foreign to the hustle. Yeah, right. Just got to get the job done. Some people just can't. Like when you see people that are just like lazy or like. They're like, I don't know how to do this. I'm just like, I want to headbutt them. I'm like, well, you, you need to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me crazy. Well, I mean, they, they get people because they feel like they're entitled or somebody should help them or, you know, like I said, this is about grown dad business, man. You got to yeah. be responsible, yeah. you know, grown man. You know what I mean? You know, man, what, what are you going to do? Say you can't do something and you are and you got Luke looking at you like, my dad, man, my yep. dad's a loser. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? My kids will always know, like, daddy just did it. Daddy, right. Daddy would got go, it done. Do, do what no he questions needs to asked. Do. Yeah. That's how it got to happen, man. It's funny, like, were you, I always ask people, too, like, if you're, if you were, like, silly growing up, was your family silly? Like, I, have what, an, what, what, I have an uncle. You have, you have siblings? I have, I have two sisters, two oh, younger right. sisters. You have two sisters. That's yeah, right. I got one that lives in Atlanta and one that lives here in Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, they're both younger. Trina's four years younger than me, and Morgan is uh, 12 years younger than me. Go figure, wow. right? But that was me and Trina had the same father who was killed when I was six. Mm. And then Morgan uh, yeah, is to my stepdad. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, you know, I forget where I was going with this. Uh, we were talking about siblings. You're oh, my about, uncle. You said somebody oh, uncle, funny yeah. in my family. Yeah, I have an uncle. He got killed. But you want to talk about the funniest dude you could ever meet. Like, think about the typical black uncle at a family reunion, at a black family reunion. He was like, John Witherspoon. I mean, he was <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, this. I mean, he said everything that you thought, even if it hurt your feelings. Like, I have, I have, I have a couple cousins who are a little bit fatter, a little bit overweight. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he'd be he quick. Oh man, they'd be in line first, you know, to get food, and he'd be like, "Damn, can anybody else eat?" You know, one of those things, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know, I ain't gonna be no food left after yeah. she goes. You know, things like that. I mean, and he was just like. Saying and, and saying the funniest things and, and uh, ironically, here, here's the funny thing: he was a big Budweiser drinker. I'm talking like how I drink Hennessy, yeah. huge Budweiser to the point where, like he had like the leather jacket that said Bud, Budweiser, you know, like Anheuser Busch shirts. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he and he got killed. He got killed unexpectedly uh, through gun violence, and because uh, he was a bouncer at a club, Ugh. and some kid went to go shoot another kid, and he stepped in the way, and boom, killed him. That's the worst. Long story short. He never seen me perform stand up, yeah, right. and at that time I had been in the game about maybe seven years, eight years. He never seen me, and he was like, "Hey, T, I'm gonna come see you perform." Yeah, uh, uh, it was like next week I had a show at the Improv or something right. like that, and he got killed. Ugh. So, uh, this is the funniest thing, man. He, he, uh, you know, like I said, big Budweiser drinker. I remember saying to myself, "I gotta perform at his funeral." Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you, black funerals. 
are, you know what I mean? They do the most. I mean, people are crying, falling on the ground, like losing oh, yeah. their mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember saying to myself, you know, I, I got to do this for my uncle. I want to perform some type of comedy right. at his funeral. You know what I did? It, I, I, I was racking my head. And, it, and anyone that knows me, like, my jokes now have evolved to my family, but before... I was just a really, really raunchy comic, man. Like I, I was like yeah, yeah. pretty dirty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So trying to tell jokes at a funeral was I didn't even know what I was gonna say. The night before the funeral, it came it came to me and I wrote a letter to the family from Budweiser stating like it was like this big you know, we regret, you know, that you, you know, that, uh, not we regret, but we, yeah, you know, yeah. we give you our sympathy that, you know, right, right. your uncle has passed away. Uh, just, you know, his loss is affecting your family, but his, uh, his, him going away is affecting Budweiser. We have to lay off this many employees because he's no that longer here to be a drink. Like I made this big, long drawn out letter. And I remember when I got up there to, to, to tell it, I mean, this is after, after they closed the casket and it clicks and his daughter's losing his mind. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're going to have some words from a few people in the family. First up is his nephew, yeah. you know, Tony Roberson. I come up and I'm like, you know, I said to my family, you know, hey, man, I love you guys. I said, but I got something for you. And I, and, I, and I didn't even tell anyone I was doing this. I reached in my pocket, pulled out the letter, and they actually thought it was a letter from Anheuser-Busch about the loss of my uncle and them having to lay off employees because he was gone and who was going to be able to drink all this beer now, you know? Yeah. I took that church from tears to straight laughter, and that that's a, that was like another uh, moment that validated I, I can do this that's comedy amazing. thing. Yeah. But no, it's it was an amazing thing. It's a big, long thing. letter, yeah. It's an amazing thing to use that to like yeah. bring some sort of healing to your family. Exactly, man. I took everyone in, in the there. way he would have. Yep. And he I mean the people were like screaming and then they next thing you know they were they were like dying laughing. Yeah. I turned around and the pastor was cracking up laughing. Cuz I'm talking about my uncle drinking beer. I'm like, "We yeah. all know he drank beer. Yeah. Everyone knows that." I mean, he would have drunk a beer in the church today if he was yeah. here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he would have snuck one in, went to the bathroom, had a sip. I mean, that's what he does, you know what I mean? Like that don't mean he ain't going to heaven. It just means yeah, yeah. he drinks beer. That's what he does, you know? And I, I Told this, I told that whole story. I read that whole story, and uh, right then and there, I'm like, I'm cut off for this game. I can do it because I had no idea what I was going to say until the night before. Wow, that's the true story. That's amazing. I had no idea what I was going to say, man. And and my family, they uh, actually took that letter and uh, it's hanging up in my grandmother's house right now. Really? And they framed it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I had to, I had to tell my like some of my cousins. They're like all dumb. They're like, How'd you get Budweiser to write you a letter? I'm like. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're not laying off employees. I wrote the letter. You That's know what hilarious. I mean? But it was one of those things, wow. man. I, you know, yeah, huge. That's amazing. Dude, that's a good story, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate Dude, it. Dude, I, I can't thank you enough. This is fun. This oh, yeah, is just us sure. talking over Hennessy, which the drink you uh, <laughs> that you introduced me to. Yes. Hennessy, lots of ice, lots of lemon. <laughs> this podcast can be sponsored by Hennessy if you like. Uh, right. Let us no, know. Thank you, brother, so much, man. Yeah, I love you and your family. Uh so, uh, where can people see you? Uh, uh, I mean, you can go to my website, uh, comedianterobe.com. Um, I got a couple things coming up here um, uh, on the road. Uh, well, first of all, this Saturday, the 6th, I'm in uh, Lawrenceville for the um, uh, the Boilermakers. It's their uh, annual uh, comedy show. Oh, I know you're talking about yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm doing I think, that. I think this will come out after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, you're not going to see that. But it, for future, it was a great show. Yeah, it was, it was a great, great show. show. Yeah, before, before uh, future... For future uh, shows, just go to comedianterobe.com. Yeah, and you and, and yeah. you're you headline the Pittsburgh Improv now. Yeah, I do. Weekends. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there uh, this fall. 
this yeah. fall. I don't have a date yet, but it's going to be definitely this fall. Yeah. I, I also run the, the open mics down in the uh, Pittsburgh. Which are now. bananas. Yeah, they're great, man. They're so they're, fun they're great. because I love coming down, and there's always a great crowd. I love yeah. working out material, having fun, hanging out with you. In front of a real crowd. And yeah. Not, not a, and it's yeah. fun because you see comics that are getting up that are young, that yeah. are good. That are good, yeah. And then you see the people that just don't got it. Yeah. And and that, who that, knows, but who knows? They've been doing it for like five years. Yeah. And and open mic is like their night. Yeah. And then there's first timers. It's amazing. It's it's yeah. just it's and, just like it's, it's like a yeah. it's like a circus. It's amazing. Exactly, man. Well, thank you, brother. Hey man, no problem at all. Thanks, Sam. All right, I well, appreciate it. I always tell people, be kind, be funny. That's it. That's oh, my man. comedy advice. That's good. Thank you, sir. Yep.